Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Wednesday, April 21st, 2021. Well, if you've ever been a part of any business, you understand that one usually necessary component is some level of marketing. If you've got a great service or a great product, people need to know about it. How will you have customers if nobody knows that you're there? And one of the methods for some businesses that is even the most effective when it comes to marketing or advertising is simply word of mouth. That as people experience the product or the service, they turn around and they tell other people about it. And that is how more people come to know about it. Well, God is making the greatest offer that has ever been made in the history of the world. We just read about it in Romans 10 yesterday. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved and salvation is offered to all. And then if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you confess Jesus Christ as Lord, you will be saved. There is no spiritual quest you must go on to earn your salvation. No, the offer is right there. But there is a question. How are people going to get saved? How are they going to respond to the incredible offer of the gospel if they don't know about it? And that's now where Paul gets to as he continues in Romans chapter 10. For context, the last verse we read yesterday was verse 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now we get into our passage today, 14 through 21, the end of the chapter. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. So you could say God has chosen a word of mouth plan to spread the word of the gospel, right? He hasn't written the message specifically of Jesus Christ crucified and risen again in the stars or the clouds. No, he has given the church, he has given Christians the responsibility to go into all the world and tell people what Jesus has done and make disciples. And so even one thing that's come up frequently and will, as we are in this passage of Romans 9 through chapter 11, really are these concepts of God's sovereignty and human responsibility. And these can be hard things to wrap our minds around as we you know, try to put those things that sometimes to us feel at odds, but in God's uh, providence, it all works together. And one thing that's very clear from this passage is God has given us as Christians the responsibility to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. How are people going to get saved if they have not heard the gospel? And how are people going to hear the gospel unless we as Christians go tell them and we're sending people to go and tell them? And so I hope that this passage really puts an urgency for the gospel into your heart and your mind, right? And this should start even just with you personally, you personally seeking to regularly share the gospel. Uh, God wants every Christian involved in this process. If you are saved, you know the gospel and you have a story of how God saved you, I would encourage you to start there. 
Seek to share that story with other people. And even start with this passage by thinking of the people in your life. Do you realize how many people probably right around you, even if you live in the United States of America, have never actually heard the gospel message? That even if you use the word gospel with them, they don't know um, what you're talking about. They might think you're talking about some musical genre or four specific books in the Bible. Or even if people have heard that Jesus died on the cross and that he rose again, they've never had somebody explain why he did that, what that means, and what they should do in response to that. You know, we often think about unreached people in the world, and it is sad that there are entire people groups who have no faithful gospel witness. And we will talk about them in in just a second, but right now, even think there are probably people in your neighborhood, at your school, at your workplace, uh, at your coffee shop that have never heard the gospel message before. God wants you to be involved in giving them that message. And there might be people that you are praying for their salvation. Well, have you ever shared the gospel with them? How are they going to get saved if they haven't heard the gospel? Now, obviously, some of those people you might be praying for, you have shared the gospel with them. And you're even at that point where you feel like you can't, you know, be over the top and ramming it down their throats. But the good question for us to ask is, do the people that know me know the gospel? Because I have opened my mouth and shared the good news with them. That's an important thing for all of us to take seriously. And as we think about a passage like this, it should engage our hearts beyond just our immediate circles to think of this whole wide world of people that need to hear the good news. And now we think of you know how the gospel started right there in, in Judea, around Jerusalem, but now has pretty much spread all around the world. Yet even now, there's the challenge in front of us of many people in this world that have not heard the gospel. Cities on this planet where there is no faithful church that people can go to and hear the word of God. Entire people groups that have no faithful gospel witness. And I think God is trying to engage all of our hearts in that process of seeing the gospel go to all the nations. So I'd encourage you even just to pray regularly on this topic, uh, to be excited about whatever your church might be doing, to reach different nations with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you're a part of Compass Bible Church, Treasure Valley, I'm really excited to have Shannon Hurley, our missionary in Africa. It's going to be great to have him here this weekend, opening up God's word for us and hopefully being able to share a little bit of what God is doing in the country of Uganda. But we need to be engaged and prayerful that God and what God is doing all over the world. And every one of us should honestly go before God and say, here I am, God, send me, whether that's to my neighborhood or whether that's to the other side of the world, God, I'll go wherever you send me and I will share the gospel with whoever you put in front of me to do that with. This should engage all of our hearts. I mean, think of the words of this passage. How are people going to hear unless somebody preaches to them, unless somebody goes to them, unless someone is sent to them. Well, we need to be saying, I'll go, I'll tell the word, I'll be sent. We all need to be offering ourselves up to this great commission that Jesus has given to us. Next, we move on to Joshua 18 through 20. And here again, it's mostly dividing up uh, the nation 
of Canaan now that it has been conquered to all the different tribes. And as it starts today, we see tribes that are kind of sitting around and not really being aggressive about gaining their inheritance and dwelling in the land. Look at what it says in chapter 18, verse 2. There remained among the people of Israel seven tribes whose inheritance had not yet been apportioned. So Joshua said to the people of Israel, How long will you put off going in to take possession of the land which the Lord, the God of your fathers, has given you? And then he goes on to, they go to scout out and map out the land, and then they divide it up amongst the remaining tribes. But I love how Joshua puts it, you know, how, how long basically are you going to sit around and put off going to actually take possession of what God has given to you? And, and so as you as we think about that, right, this is obviously very specific talking to the nation of Israel, but it does get me thinking about people today who are kind of sitting around and not taking advantage of what God has given them. And I even just think of even our own salvation and how God wants to save us. And really, we've talked often here, even on this podcast, about how that's more than just forgiveness. He wants to sanctify us. He wants to make us like Christ. And how many people are just kind of sitting around content with where they are spiritually, instead of leaning in and pressing in into all that salvation really is. I think of a line from one of my favorite hymns, Jesus, I, my cross have taken. And it says, soul, then know thy full salvation, rise or sin and fear and care, right? How much, how many of us are kind of settling for some remaining sin or fear or concern in an unhealthy way in our lives when God wants more for us than that? And I hope even reading this passage in Joshua helps to spur us on, even in our own spiritual lives, as we think about all that God wants to give us through the gospel. Next, let's go to Mark chapter 2, Mark 2, 18 through 28. And, And here we see a few different questions Some ask him about why his disciples aren't fasting. And he kind of says, hey, have you ever been to a wedding where people are fasting? How can the the wedding guests fast when the bridegroom is with them? And so Jesus is obviously pointing out, hey, this is a unique time. And there's different times for different purposes. And even throughout the history of salvation, there are different seasons. And we can't always put, as he talks about here, new wine into old wineskins. And even Jesus is commenting partly here on clearly the uniqueness of having the Messiah physically present because he speaks of a day that is coming when he will not be with his people and they will fast in that day. So if you try to take this passage and say Christians today should never fast, I don't think that's what Jesus is saying because he clearly says, no, a day is coming when people following Christ will fast again. Uh, But we see that there in the first section. And then then in the last section of the chapter, we see a controversy on the Sabbath. And again, here it's worth pointing out that what the disciples were doing was not technically breaking any commandment that we find in Scripture. And what had happened was the Pharisees had taken something that God had commanded, and they had kind of twisted it and made it something that is a burden. Even that's something we talked about at Compass Bible Church, Treasure Valley, uh, last Sunday. When we think about the commandments of Christ, they are a gift, uh, not a burden. They are meant to help us live life well and to follow Christ and really even to experience joy in this life as we do what God has directed for us to do. 
but they took a commandment of God and they twisted it and they made it a burden. And I love what Jesus says in verse 27. He said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. When God made the Sabbath day, it was meant to be a gift, a day of rest uh, from their labors. But the Pharisees had turned it in probably what sounds to me like the most stressful day of the week with all this list of things you could or couldn't do. They had taken a gift from God and twisted it and made it a burden. And again, the issue for you might not be the Sabbath day, but that can still happen today where people take a good command of God and they twist it and it becomes a burden that it was not meant to be in the eyes of God. And here we see that clearly from Jesus when it comes to the Sabbath. Finally, we read Psalm 49, 13 through 20. And in this passage, you remember yesterday we saw how he was asking, why should I fear in times of trouble? And he kind of returns to that theme in verse 13, where he talks about, you know, people that seeming that seem to be successful in this world. And in verse 16, he says, be not afraid when a man becomes rich, when the glory of his house increases for when he dies, he will carry nothing away. His glory will not go down after him. So you see this, hey, don't get all caught up in the rat race of this world. That is not what really matters. There's something bigger than that. So I don't need to be obsessed with what's going on in this world. I don't need to be afraid of others. I just need to keep trusting God and following him. We know that one thing that God has told us to do, something that we'll be tempted to be afraid in, but we shouldn't be, is sharing the gospel to a world that desperately needs to hear it. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.